0: Jesus loves me, this This I I know. loves me. The Bible tells
1: me so. Do you believe he loves you this morning? No matter what's happened, does he love you this morning? Except we become as little children. Uh, Sister Ruth, can I ask you just to go to Psalms 127? Brother Mark and Sister Nona, I remember when you had your first one and you were in the hospital, and we had prayer, and how God came on the scene for you then, and little did we know that this was going to happen three more times. (laughs) And little did Brother Mark know that this was going to be four girls. My goodness. (laughs) There was a man in the Bible that had four girls. His name was Philip. I believe he was an evangelist. But we're not going to put that type on you, Brother Mark. Don't worry. Uh, We've got... Oh, man, if I can say all the names. Ayanna, Eliana, Aliyah, And thankfully, this one's slightly different. Angelica, or Angelica, whatever way you want to say it. But uh, you're, you're, you're starting at the right place. You're starting with the letter A. You've got lots of alphabet to go. If your quiver isn't full yet, you've got lots of room. You've left yourself lots. Just want to let you know that this morning. Let's read Psalms 127. I want to just read verse, that, that whole chapter. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. I think you're still a young man. These are the children of your youth. So he said, happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You know, so according to what Jesus gave as an example for us, Jesus would come, and when children were little, he would take them in his arms, and he would bless them. And, and when somebody thought that you shouldn't take the time out of the program to do that, and the disciples got that way, Jesus rebuked them, and he was sore, displeased. So if Jesus takes the time, I believe we need to take the time. And this morning, that's what we're doing. We're here not to baptize them, not to give them as, as much of the church world does but we're here to dedicate them, to give them into the service of the Lord. She's pretty lively this morning already, isn't she? Not one of those that I put to sleep. And uh, I want to read also from Psalms 128. It really is a continuation. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands; happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. And thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house; thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. So this is, um, An- Angel Angelica or is it Angelica? Which way? The first or the second? The second, Angelica. Okay, so and Angelica, we would say that is referencing, you know, the angel or the angelic behavior. I mean, if you're going to name a child, this is a good name. And then the second one is faith, and faith just meaning trust and meaning uh, trustworthy and such. So, this child has a good name. And also, God saw fit to bring it into this home where the, the faith of God is, You know, many children that are born in the world they're in different places, different situations, they are, you just can say, I feel sorry for some of the children that come into the world, but this child has been blessed. The lines have been drawn in pleasant places. Well, she's really, I was just waiting for her to settle down, but it's not happening, is it? (laughs) I should just say this, I shared this with Brother Mark and Sister Nona when I was in in Africa, and it was the last service, and it was a Sunday, and it was the local church in Nigeria, and they asked me, you know, you're here, we have a baby dedication, could you do it? And I accepted, I had no idea what I was in for. It wasn't one baby, it was two, and then there was a third. And when they said time for the baby dedication, I saw the mothers coming down, and I saw everybody coming with them, and there was a whole bunch of people around, and I'm going, whoa, I didn't expect this. But I I did tell them, I said, listen, I've been away for 10 days, and uh, I have a grandchild at home, and this is a good substitute just to do me until I get home. So we're happy this morning to be able to do this for you, Brother Mark, Sister Nona. We're going to take little Angelica. She was happy, and now she's looking at me, and now she's going to look at you. See? Isn't that good? All right. We're going to keep her looking at you so she doesn't know who's holding her. Come, let's gather together here if we can this morning. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning to be able to bring little Angelica, Faith, Junio before you. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed Brother Mark and Sister Nona. You've blessed them with four beautiful daughters. And, Lord, this little child, as she's been born into this home, she doesn't even know, Lord, the favor that's already been bestowed upon her. But, Lord, as we come and we bring her unto you this morning, we're grateful, Lord, that you had a heart for little children. Lord, and this morning, as you would look down, I'm just a substitute. I'm using my hands. I'm using my voice. But, Lord... Really, we're dedicating her to you. Lord, she is your daughter. Lord, Brother Mark and Sister Junio, and Brother Mark and Sister uh, Nona, they are here this morning. Lord, they're the parents, but Lord, we're also committing them unto you. We're asking, Lord, that you will continue to give them favor, Lord, and wisdom and guidance in the manner in which they should take care of this little child. Father, as we commit her into your hands this morning, from the hands of the mother into my hands, but Lord, now we're giving her into your hands. And Father, we're asking, may the angels of God be encamped about her. May, O Lord, there be, Lord, a protection in a natural to keep her from sickness and disease. May there also be a protection in the spiritual, Lord, Father, may you watch over her, Lord, as she would grow and in the home. Lord, may she have good influence. May she also, Lord, as she would grow and maybe if time would permit into school years, Lord, that she would continue and you'd watch over her. Father, we commit her in your hands and ask, Lord, that her heart would be warmed by the gospel at the right age, that she would receive Jesus Christ. Lord, we commit this family into your hands. We commit little Angelica to you. And we commit her to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Well, I won't be accused of putting anybody to sleep this morning here. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Mark. Sister Nona, God bless you. End Time Message Tabernacle needs a few more lively voices. This is an example for all of us this morning. Be lively, Stones. Don't just be sitting back. Let's let's take an example from the children this morning. Can we do that? Amen. Good to be home. Good to be with you. We were here on Wednesday in body, maybe not completely in mind. As an eight-hour time difference, we were away for about 12 days in Ghana. And in Nigeria, Ghana, we went to visit... Our brother Samuel Taylor, uh, brother Samuel has been a dear friend, and uh, earlier this year he, he lost his wife, and, and uh, he's been a faithful brother. Brother Samuel is in the town of Cape Coast, it's a university town. That particular town uh, often has a lot of students, so his congregation is based off probably one-third students, and so brother Samuel has been faithful to help the students, The students, while they're there, there's not a lot of tithing income that comes, and so there's, and when they finally get old enough and they have jobs, they move to other places. So he's been a faithful, faithful brother, almost like the farm team for other churches, but he's been there for many people in their formative years, and God has watched over him and blessed him. we were grateful to be with him for a couple of services we also went to Nigeria. I'm not giving a full-on report today. I've got some videos and some clips, and I'll do that. If not tonight, I'll do it next weekend, but I'll, I'm just needing to put some things together yet. We went also over to Nigeria, to the, the city of Lagos. Lagos is, is Africa's largest city. The city proper is 16 million people. Probably the greater surrounding area is 25 million people, And uh, if you've ever had the privilege of driving in Lagos or anything like it, I will say you will never go anywhere in the world and ever be in fear if you can make it through Lagos. Because Lagos is a a world unto its own. Brother Mike, you're smiling. Why are you smiling? (laughs) Brother Mike is from Nigeria. Some of you who are from Nigeria, Brother Thomas, Sister Catherine, you know, different ones, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyway, I was grateful to the Lord for how he made a way for us to go, I want to bring you greetings from, it was actually the former church of Brother John Ogu, and Brother John Ogu passed away 10 years ago. The new pastor is Brother John Nayambaya, and he is, uh, he wanted to give greetings to us here, and also from Sister Ansa Ogu, who is here. Brother Rinze, you're back too. Brother Rinze is, is uh, is here. He was over in Sierra Leone, not far away. He got home before me. But I'll say, Brother Inze, we had a wonderful time. I was well-received. I was taken care of and in every which way. And I, I will say it was a blessing for us to be there. I was last there over 30 years ago. And uh, I, I was grateful to come back again. So the, the church, they had a camp. It was a week-long camp it was uh, on campgrounds where they have uh, the, the church ground, but they have uh, uh, eating facilities, they have sleeping facilities. Probably children, adults, everybody included, it was about 1,500 people. And they, they had full-on days. They had days that started at the devotion between 8 and 9. They broke for breakfast. They came back together at 10. Probably were in service till 1.30 or so. Came back again at 3, and were in service till 6.30. And they had about 65 ministers that were there. The ministers all maybe had little time to speak. Some of them, not all of them. And then I guess I, I, I was given a little more leeway than most. They were given a 30-minute time limit. I wasn't given that. I was given no time limit. So guess what? I used it. So anyway, it was, it was a wonderful time. And I will say it was very supernatural to me because I took a lot of different notes. I took some subjects. And I will say the Lord in every service brought something that was really beyond what I had expected. And I will say I am very grateful for how the Lord moved. And the brethren were very, very grateful. And I am very grateful because I was just a tool and I saw the hand of God. So I want to thank you for your prayers. I want to thank you because I really believe it made a difference. Even going there, when it looked like the visa wouldn't come, I shared with a few brethren uh, can you just pray? And, and supernaturally, almost overnight, the visa appeared. So we thank the Lord for all of this. I will share more in the form of some pictures and things with you, but uh, just, just giving you that little bit. I want to say thank you to all of you, to the brothers, the ministering brothers. I, I believe God has blessed us with some very good ministry in this church. Each comes from a different way, a different perspective. I ask you, were you fed by our ministers? Were you? I heard some good reports. May God bless you. God bless Brother Andrew, Brother Moses, Brother Max, Brother John. This morning, Brother Moses is ministering for Brother Zig Klar. We want to remember him. Also, really want to remember all the brethren that serve in the different roles, everyone in their duties, and especially thank you for all your prayers. Um, if I can, just I got a couple more quick announcements I need to make this morning. We also want to just let you all know... Brother Bob Combe went home from the hospital on Friday. So we thank the Lord. I talked to him yesterday. He sounded good, and uh, he just wants to thank you all for your prayers. 22 days in the hospital, and he's home, and he's still working through it, but healing is a process. Brother Jerry is here. Healing is a process, Brother Jerry. God will finish the work. It's a promise. So we just believe that. Stay with it, my brother. We, we love you. We support you. And we're here with you. Also, I wanted to let you know I spoke to Brother Ed Semenuk. And Brother Luke has gone through a surgery. He's doing better physically. Um, but we just want to continue to remember him in prayer. There's more to it there. We want to just remember him. And also, Brother Ed has had had a knee replacement as well and had some infections, so we continue to uphold him. Lastly, Sister Promella is not here this morning. She had surgery this week. But it's good to see you, Brother Simon. I sure appreciate the positive responses and confession. And may God honor it. He's the high priest of our confession. So we we thank the Lord. We also want to remember Brother Joe Perizok. Brother Joe is in the hospital, and he's had an infection, and we just want to continue to remember him in prayer and that God would help him. He's doing a little bit better day by day, so we uphold our brother as well. Um, If I can, I just want to make a couple of announcements regarding our upcoming schedule. Uh, Next weekend, November 19th, on Sunday morning, we're having our church elections, and we'll be electing all our officers, pastor, treasurer, deacons, trustees, and that will be done by a ballot, and we'll do that through the service at some point, and we will let you know. Sunday night, I'll actually, let me back up, Friday night, Brother John Andes is here ministering for Brother uh, Zig on Sunday morning, but he'll be taking our youth meeting on November 17th, that's a Friday night, so we're looking forward to that. Brother John always brings a lot of enthusiasm to what he brings, and so we're grateful for him. And also, Brother John will be ministering for us on Sunday night, so that's next Sunday. Um, If I can also say, November 22nd, that is a Wednesday, we will be having a business meeting, and that is for all of the tithe payers, regular comers for the last three months. Uh, We're going to have a business meeting, and we'll go through some things with the church at that time. So for the elections next week, for the business meeting, if we can have, you know, as many as possible attend, please do so. If you can't and you want to participate in the election, please let Brother Tim Nunn-Wiler do know and we'll do an online procedure or do something to help you. Have I gone too fast? Have you all heard that? Does it all make sense? Is anybody out there? Raise your hand. Do something. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> also, Just a couple more things quickly. Wednesday, I made the announcement at church. Our church secretary, Sister Janet O'Brien, served us for 25 years. And we are grateful to her, and we gave her a hand. But I want to do it with everybody here this morning. Sister Janet, she's in the back. God bless you. Let's just give her a hand. Also, Sister Janet has in the back office a church directory. We are looking to update it. We've got your phone number, but if you would like to, many people now use a cell phone number. If you would like to add that to the directory, um, please do so. And if you also would like to add your email to the directory, you can do so. If you want to keep those private, there's a place you can keep those private. We will use them only for emergency for the church and the officers. But if you want to make them free for others to be shared, we're going to publish that on a church directory. So I'm going to ask you, if you can, um, at some point, make your way over, make any corrections, do what you can. For the officers, there is two uh, different uh, categories. One, as a church officer, there's a church email, there's something that way, and then there's a family one. So remember that. And then for some of the families, you've got older children, we also have an allowance for them to have their own place in that as well. We will also update you in the business meeting regarding the tithely, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, last thing is just coming up to our meetings. If you have any questions regarding the church and business and such, we would ask that you would write them in prior to the meeting. You can, we're gonna have a little box at the back and you can leave them, submit them to us next, next Sunday, if you will. Um, We we want to just stay on top of that as much as we can, but please, if you can, submit them that way. Is that all good? Let's stand together. Well, we're happy to be here this morning. We want to now just take time for the word. I've got some things on my heart, and I'll be taking the service this morning, and then I'll also take it into this evening, so I don't want to overbear you this morning. Uh, We're happy for the visitors that are here today. We're grateful to see Sister Megan here. Uh, there's a bearded gentleman at the back there. Uh, he, if you can't recognize him, he was here many years ago. His name was Willie Vanderlist. And he's back there. Raise your hand, Brother Willie. Brother Willie, good to see you. Welcome back home. And uh, good to have you here, Brother Willie. I believe he was here for a little bit of a hunting trip. So, And we're good to, good to have him. Brother Dean, Sister Mary Jo, good to see you too. Let's just sing a chorus uh, and, uh, oh, Christian soldier, pick up your weapon. Let's sing this morning and then we'll just turn to the word.
0: Oh, Christian soldiers,
1: pick up your
0: weapon. Let's fight the battle, we're not alone. Pick up your weapon. Let's Let's fight. fight.
1: Look at the world natural. There's a nation called Israel. They know they're in a battle like never before. They're, they're a timepiece for us. But I will say, we're close to the finish line. And the enemy is doing everything he can. So we're here this morning not to just look at where we're strong, not just to fill out a form or a space and time. But we're here to cinch up the armor. We're here this morning to look at where we may be lacking. Not just as individuals, but also as a body. And I'd like this morning just, I asked you to pay attention for the announcements and everything. But we're coming to the service. Let's be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Can I I ask you, can you do that that way this morning? I'm going to just try and... Focus to what I believe the Lord's laid on my heart, but I just ask you just to be with me this morning. Maybe we'll just change the order. Let's just sing before we move. God still moves. God still moves.
0: God still
1: moves.
0: God still.
1: We bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we've been a little longer in the preliminaries today, but now we're coming to this point in the service. And Lord, we want to just quieten our spirits. We want to be reverent before you. Father, I'm asking you this morning that you'll sweep over us today. I'm asking, Lord, that you'll take our attention. You might use my mouth. You might use my words. But, Lord, there's a greater order that's prevalent here. There's an unseen world. And I'm asking this morning, Father, come in our midst today. Lord, take every one of us, whether we're an elder, whether we're an officer, a minister, a young person. Bring us, O Lord, under the shadow of your wings this morning. I'm asking, Lord, that you'll give grace. Lord, I can prepare, I can do everything. But unless you come now, it's all in vain. If it's just in my strength if it's just in my wisdom so I'm asking Lord for the Holy Ghost and I believe that there's a church here that's desiring to see Jesus this morning minister to us today Lord as we now open the pages of the Bible we're asking that you'll take us into your hands take every home take every person young and old Lord, bring us into one mind and one accord. Father, as we see the world coming together, Lord, for a wrong purpose, we're coming together. We must come together in order for the rapture to come. Lord, let us make preparations today. I pray your blessing would be upon us now. We commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Thank you. For the music, Brother Marion, the musicians. Thank you for bearing with us a little longer this morning. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul, all of these Old Testament churches, letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, to Titus, to the churches, all of them have something that we can learn from. And Paul is speaking to a group of people that are the Galatians. They started well, but they reverted to a legal uh, view of the message that Paul had brought. And Paul had to help them with it. So he says in verse 19, this is the heart of Paul. This chapter 4 really is the adoption chapter for the Galatians, where he refers to that in the beginning. But In verse 19, he would say, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Drop down to verse 21. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Just hold it there for a moment. Brother Branham would say in the message, "Seed is not air with the shuck, that there is a church natural, and there is a church spiritual. And he said, In one place, he would say, they're both sitting here in the building this morning. And he would say, he said, they're two separate people, two separate covenants. And I want us just to think now, just beyond the natural, we've come to church. You've come through the foyer, you've sat, you've listened. But there's something greater that's going on here. And we need to be able to see that. He would say in verse 24, these things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Now Paul is talking about the natural Jerusalem and he's saying there's a bondage with her children but then he says this in verse 26, but Jerusalem which is above is free which is the mother of us all. Over to Revelations chapter three. Revelations chapter three verse 10 This is the sixth church age. Brother Branham would say the sixth church age uh, really runs right into the seventh. He said they're both shorter, and he says one just leads right into the other. So he will say this in verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So it's pointing to something which is coming quickly. Here is verse 12. This is the overcomer. And you know that the promises of every overcomer are inherited by the last church age. So he says, him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. God bless you. May have your seats this morning. Thank you for your patience. This morning, as we are looking at the world around us, we could say over the years, we've heard the promises that are before us, and we cross every day something passes. Brother Branham would say, every day a generation passes, and there will only be a few out of every generation. But there will come a final generation. But there are thresholds that happen all the time as we will look at the world around us. And, and as we look, there are thresholds that the world is passing by that relates to many different fronts. We could say the ushering in of the days of Sodom, the days of Lot, have come upon the world in a mild form when the prophet was here. But have ramped up, and they have gone full, full full-on manifestation. We never thought it would go into just wanting to be known, and wanting to be public, which ought not to be, but wanting rights, wanting marriage rights, wanting financial rights. Now wanting us, who wouldn't agree with it, to sympathize with them to agree with them and now it goes down into transgender and everything that is though those that what the world has gone they will never come back from and that those are steps they've taken the steps that happened in America what happened at pearl harbor was significant and it and it brought america together what happened at 911 was significant and it changed America forever. Uh, it, it, it brought in a new culture of fear. It brought in a culture where security became paramount. Where people had to learn to live with not knowing what will come next. And I will say America crossed that. But unseen to what they did, they turned down the gospel in 1956 as a nation. In 1963 as a church world Turn down the word that God gave. And what we're seeing is a reciprocal of those things. We could look at Israel as a nation. Israel, it's significant that the day the prophet had a visitation from the angel of the Lord in a cave on May 7th, 1946, that's the day that Israel became A nation. Now the world didn't recognize it till 1948. But it was significant and we're interwoven in that. Now Israel began to come back to a land because of the Second World War. That pushed them back into that place. And they became a nation. But I would say they weren't really in their fullness just yet. And it was in 1967 when all the Arab nations were around them and Egypt breathing threats with Nasser and and, and then Jordan breathing threats with the king and everybody was at Israel and Israel took a preemptive strike and in six days they reclaimed, they reclaimed land that was theirs and the world to this day has called it the occupied territories. They don't believe Israel has a right to it. In fact, there was a brief moment, Jerusalem, which was a nation, or which was a city, was not even under the original Israeli lands that were granted by the United Nations. But in the 1967 war, the general that was leading Israel, he's the man who had the patch, I just forget his name right now, and and he came in, and he actually reclaimed Jerusalem in its entirety, including the Temple Mount. And he did it just for a brief time and he pulled back from that. Who knows what would have happened. Now there was a prophet that also wanted to go down to Israel and show them the sign of a prophet. But the, the Lord held him back and said it's not the time. You're not the one yet. Now I, I'm, gonna, I'm using all of these as a type going to where I'm going. 1967 was significant. 1946-48 was significant. 1967 was significant for Israel. 1973 was the Yom Kippur War where the, the Muslim forces or the lands around attached them, attacked them on the holiest day of the year, the Day of Atonement. And it was a great battle, the Yom Kippur War, and Ariel Sharon was the prime minister and there was a great battle. And it was 50 years later to the very day, October 7th, 2023, that we now have the footage that is the catalyst for what has become a great war that is consuming the whole world. I want to read something to you, and this is out of uh, uh, an Israeli newspaper. Just bear with me while I share this. This will lead, if what I don't get to today, this morning... I will come to it tonight, but I just want to read this. This is out of an Israeli newspaper, and it, it was just speaking of what Israel is viewing of itself. It's the Times of Israel, and they shared this. The Israel that we knew died on October 7th. The new nation will be scarred for generations, Reporter writes, a month ago, our world turned upside down. The Israel that we had lived in has died. A month ago today, a new Israel was born. They're not viewing this negatively. They're saying, there is another step up that we're taking. They began to talk, and he says, we can't imagine the trauma of the this is what they call the Black Shabbat, this, uh, the Sabbath day that had happened. This will shape Israel's character, politics. And it says, how could we have allowed these things? I'm just taking some little paragraphs. 6.30 a.m. October 7th, we were awakened, and since then we have comprehended far better. We The numbers aren't final. 1,400 were murdered. Babies, soldiers, elderly, foreign workers, soldiers... Not all of them have been identified. Many of them are murd- murdered amidst unbearable atrocities. Viewing the collection of all of these things, and, and he's saying at least another 5,000 are injured. Dozens are still hospitalized. Over 240 Israelis and foreigners are kidnapped, held captive in un- unknown conditions. The Red Cross, not even allowed to see him. Now we're having pictures of these hostages ripped off notice boards in the West by people shouting, free Palestine. More than 120,000 Israelis have been ordered to abandon their homes. Communities lie in ruins. Many have sobered up. The goal of the war has been updated, the total elimination of the Hamas regime. Meanwhile, there's new They're talking about the outside world and everything that's going on and all of the things I won't go into. It says, one month has a And he says, only one month. We are fallen apart. The reality continues to follow apart. There's so much in this article I could read, but I just want to get down to the end where they finally come due. And they said this. They said, a new Israeli nation was born a month ago and it's already showing characteristics that will offer Hope and inspire us. Now, I don't believe, I don't know if this is going to be what's going to lead the world down, into, down its path, but I will say it's never going to be the same. Let's be honest this morning, friends. This doesn't affect just geography of, of, of Palestine, uh, of that little nation that's there. This is actually in the whole world. Israelis are fearing for their lives in America, in Canada, in in England, in different places. Palestinians have arose with new emotions. This last week I went for a haircut. My barber happens to be a Lebanese man. And he began to share with me all of the different intricacies among the Arab world about the Sunnis and the other tribes and how Palestine is one group and how Iran is another group and none of them even identify with Iran. And he's going like, and there's infighting with all of them. But they're galvanized by one enemy. That is Israel. And the whole world is turning its focus. And now even the United States is under pressure. Because of the huge Palestinian populations. They're under pressure for the sake of politics to now swing around to that that side. And listen, I I had a couple I've been working with. And their background comes out of Palestine. And I look at their faces and I don't see say evil upon them. They've got relatives there. That, and, and it's unimaginable horrors. They're grieved by what's going on. This is the natural world that we know. And that we live in right now. But I want to say this this morning. If that's the natural world, what about our spiritual world? We have been called out by a message and the message we've been called out to we have operated for many years now we have churches now we have next generations now we have young people we have families and we've we've maybe gotten comfortable under the guise of message just like israel got comfortable in their land and we began to put emphasis on just conforming just having having our families in order and having our children baptized and having all of these things. But I'll say there is a higher level to the message than that. There's a higher level this morning than what we see gathered here this morning. We have ministers. We have song leaders. We have musicians. We have officers. We have deacons. I'm glad for our deacons. There's a little disruption this morning. When When it happened, I heard it. I just said to the brothers, hey, the deacons are taking care of it. They have their role. They have their place. I want to just say this morning, maybe things we take for granted or we just take casually, I think we need to elevate that this morning. Can I share what's on my heart? I need, I need somebody to help me this morning. If you feel that in your heart, I'm, I, I, I knew I was going to be coming back. I knew we were going to be having... Elections next week. I knew we were going to approach some things. But I, I feel we need to step back for a moment. Before we just take the natural order and we need to look at a spiritual order that is greater than I think we have sometimes we've taken for granted. There is a reality, friends. There's a reality that I believe I need to come to We all need to come to. In the message, recognizing your day and its message, the Gentiles are called out. The bride is ready. The rapture is at hand. Now, I don't know what you view of the rapture and its coming. If you view that you're going to be along and something's going to just sweep you up, I'm going to say it's something greater than that. It actually has to become a physical reality. It has to become a substance faith. As our brother Andrew was ministering. While I was away, the Lord was dealing with me right on that very subject. And I had notes and I didn't actually take them into the service in Nigeria. But it was really prevalent to me. And I'm saying, friends, when I kneel down in prayer, I'm not looking at something afar off. It's here. And I think we need to be real and we need to be sincere about where we are and what we're moving into and where God is dealing with us. And I will say you will not get this by a casual observance. You will not get this by just showing up in church and doing it. I think we need to all bind together in a greater way than ever before. Because when, it's you, when you kneel in prayer... I'm just gonna be very honest right now. I had the meetings, the meetings concluded on a Friday and I had a Saturday and I was off and I was in my motel room all day and I had a Sunday service yet to the church. But while I was there, God was just dealing with me. And some things just began to alarm me. And when I thought about sometimes when you're outside of the arena of your own church and assembly and you look at things, I just said, Lord, forgive us where we've become too casual where we become too comfortable because i believe we need to see this in a spiritual level like never before i'm not saying this to scare anybody this morning i'm just saying it's time to check up i'm saying we need to go beyond the natural comfort of the most emotion the motions we go through we need to walk knowing where we're walking we're not seated in anti-message tabernacle this morning. We're seated in heavenly places. Amen. That is not just brother so-and-so. That is a child of God that is next to you, and we need to have that utmost respect for the body of Christ. Amen. Allow me to minister this morning and help me this morning. He says, The rapture is at hand. Can we realize that? Can we actually believe that? Is it a story that's been told? Is it a myth? Is it something that sounds real? Is it something that we can really believe? Is it something that's in us, that's a part of us, that's more than life to us? What attitude do we sit here this morning? Remember, it's a small flock that will receive it. There's more to this quote. I'm going to move on. There was a time in Jesus' ministry, he would have the dedication, he would do certain things, but there's a scripture, and it says, Now he set his face to Jerusalem. My subject this morning is the Jerusalem above. What did I label it? A higher order is here. There was a time when Jesus, listen, let me say it this way. He was the fulfillment of what Moses brought in Exodus 12. Moses had a type of a lamb that was kept up four days. Jesus was kept up four days. He was the type of what was needed That lamb that was slain, that was going to be the token. The blood of that lamb was going to be the token that was going to be there when the death angel passed through the land. So what Moses had was a type. Jesus fulfilled not just that type, but it reflected something higher than that. Because he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And he was slain to take names that were on the book. Not just somebody that decided, I'm going to come to the end time message and sit there. We need to see ourselves as being a part of those that were in the book. And if you don't see that today, I will just encourage you. Get in the message. Understand. Let the Lord speak to you. Be deadly sincere. This morning, or yesterday, was the Sabbath or the Shabbat, as they call it in Israel. They've been accustomed to bombs going overhead and maybe casual, but it is now with a renewed sense of fervency that they keep it. Because it's life or death. And I think it was Golda Meir who told one of the U.S presidents or governors. I think it was Biden that came there. And he says, Israel has one great resource, one great weapon. We have nowhere else to go. And I ought to say, I've got nowhere else to go. There's nowhere in the world I'm comfortable with. There's no halfway church. There's only one place. And we're being ushered into a higher order. And we need to see that. The prophet, Daniel, when he came to a certain point, 68 years in captivity, and somewhere as he was reading the scrolls of Jeremiah, he now saw 70 years is just about up. And when he caught that, what did he do? He set his face to the Lord And you read Daniel chapter 9. And he said, Lord, we have sinned. I have sinned. Lord, forgive us. And the minute he began to set himself according to the day and the hour and the season, there was some movement in heaven. An angel started to come for Daniel. Now it took him 21 days because the prince of the kingdom withstood him. But Daniel's prayers. And he said, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. Why? Because you're catching something. Now, not everybody was catching it. And I will say this morning, there is something here. Brother Brandon will say, in the the message desperation, he will actually say, there is something coming, friends. And we'll miss it if we're not sincere. It will pass right through us. Now sin is so deceptive. In fact, in in the message, Brother Branham would say a thinking man's filter. He's saying, sin connects with sin. Sin is so hypocritical. It thinks it's saved when it's not saved. It's the very depths of hypocrisy. Don't take Brother Ed's word for it this morning. Don't take your parents' word for it. Find out, Lord, am I where I should be? He will actually go on to say, you can't be desperate until God speaks to you. The message that followed the token was called desperation. Oh, church, I'm gonna ask you this. Have you ever taken a tape, sat down in the quiet of your room, and shut everything out, and just let God speak to you? How, how many times have we missed that? And we're so busy. And we're even busy doing church things. But I feel like, Lord, I need to draw aside. I need to hear what you are speaking to me. And I'm going to say, if you haven't done that, if you're a young person, I'm going to say, don't rely on just coming to this church. God has to speak to you. The messenger has to speak to you. I'm not... I'm, I'm actually trying to really be careful how I approach this because I found myself weeping. I found myself broken down because of myself, because of us and how we are about the things of God. Do we really, really... Take it for what it is. He will say, pinch your conscience. Be desperate or perish. There's something coming forth. It's between life and death. It'll pass through us and we won't see it. In the same message, the token Jesus Christ is among us. We should reverence that. We can't humble ourselves enough. Taking off your shoes or getting on your knees, it won't expel it. But the only thing that will do is a life that brings forth the fruit of the Spirit. I'm, I'm looking forward to every service that we have. I'm looking forward to the Lord speaking. I'll still come to church, but how am I going to come to church? We're going to elect some officers. And I feel it's more than just a vote. And I'm saying this because I'm one of those that stands for it. I'm standing for an election. And you will all make demands of me. This is what you've got to do, Brother Ed. You've got to do this. You would expect me to pour my heart, my life into it. But I say more than just looking to me, we need to work together. We need to demand of our deacons and of our trustees and of our musicians and of our young people and of our families, we need to all come together in a way like we've never come before. This isn't just about a vote and a check mark. This is about a high calling. This is about an order that's beyond all of these things. We are moving from a natural to a spiritual. And this isn't just an office. This isn't just some words. This isn't just what's written in the bylaws. I'm going to say it's way greater than that. If you are called to be a musician, you ought to serve God with all your heart and you ought to reverence that position. And you ought to give God the glory in that position. And you ought to give yourself to that position. And you need to pray about that position. Just as I will have to pray about mine. In a greater way. And you ought to enjoy it. If God has called you to it, nobody can take that place away from you. God gave you that place. It's not me. It's not Brother Michael. It's God that sets those in the order that it pleases Him. And it's the same thing for a trustee, if we're a deacon. It's not just about, listen, we're all servants. I'm a servant and we need to act like servants. We're not authoritarians. I'm not an authoritarian. And If I come across that way, forgive me. And you pray for me and come and talk to me. And if any of us come across that way, we're wrong. We're servants. And I feel like we need to humble ourselves one before another. Doesn't matter how old or how experienced. It isn't about us strutting around and demanding something. It's about us being linked above and moving from above. Take with me, if you will, Ephesians chapter 3. Mr. Ruth, I'm I'm just, as I said to you, I'm taking different scriptures, but Ephesians. Ephesians chapter three. Now, I want to take this together with what? The overcomer, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God and I will write upon him the name of my God. While I was there on the Sunday, God led me into a service on, out of Exodus 33, there is a place by me. And I, I, I'm not going to minister that today. I may make reference to some of it. While some of our brethren were visiting, God just begun speaking to me. Acts chapter 7. Stephen would say that the Lord dwells in a tabernacle, not made with hands. And I believe more than this tabernacle, we are a people. We are not just a church. We are a people fitted together by God. And we need to give a lot more honor to that than we have. Verse 19, now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Now look at the word. Fitly framed, growing into a holy temple. In whom you are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. This church is not just a business. This church is not just a collection of people doing their task like a union. There's an approach and a respect from every office that has to carry over to the next. And for every individual within the congregation. In, I'm going to need to just channel some of this. I took this when I was in Nigeria. If you will... I'll come back to Ephesians in a bit, but I'm going to ask you to turn to um, Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. Now, in verse 9, God is speaking to Moses. He says, According to all that I will show you, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So God commands Moses, he goes through the book of Exodus, and he gives him all these specific instructions about the tabernacle, about how the the hooks are to be done, about the braids, about everything, and it's a pattern. Now, a pattern has to have a real likeness somewhere. It has to have a reality somewhere. So Moses was brought up into the holy place with God. He saw something and he came down on earth and he began to fit a pattern. And the pattern that he fit was a representation of something real. Now the Old Testament is a shadow of good things to come. And as a shadow, there has to be a real and so friends, we're not living in the shadow, we are coming closer to the light than we've ever come before. So in fact, the shadows speak to us because we are a part of the greater. Why, why does the, the type of Abraham mean something to us? Because I see my own life in Abraham. Why does Ruth mean something to me? Because I see my life in there. And there's a part of me that is being lived out in that. We're not coming here this morning just to learn something to feed our intellect. We're coming here to identify with our name the part of us that is written in the book. And only God can show you your part. I can't show it. When I was a young man and God got a hold of me, I just wanted to serve him. And I was content to serve him in prayer. (sighs) Yesterday was Remembrance Day. And I was reminded not of only our country and all of the men that fought for our natural country, but I began to reflect on those that fought the war before me when when I was just a young man. While I was in Nigeria, the brothers showed me a picture on the same campground that I ministered in. And it was Brother Harold and Sister Marlene walking on this campground. And it's a way I remember how God used them. And there was a season that Sister Marlene was here. Then there was a season Sister Leanne came into the picture. But I'm just saying, these were veterans that went before us. And yesterday, I remembered when I was a young man and I had a grandmother praying for me. And I had a mother praying for me. And I went to my mother to honor what God has done for me by her life and her prayers. And I will not just take what she offered and poured her life on casually as a stepping stone, oh, I'm entitled. No, I'm not entitled. I did got nothing I deserved. In fact, I ought to serve God the more so. My mother's here today, and I'll tell you all, I would not be alive if it wasn't for her prayers. And I say, if God took such a pain to do that, then I'm here for a reason, and I'm here for a purpose, and I say to every young man, every young woman that's here, you're not just here listening to me this morning. You're not here trying to fit into your parents. God put you here for a purpose. Amen. And I say, don't rest until you find that purpose. Amen. You're here for a reason. And I say this if it's just to say amen. We had, I reflected on some of our deacons that we had. Brother Walter Kesser. He was a hard worker. It was old school, if you want to call it that. Maybe he had sometimes a bit of a gruff exterior, but when that man came up here to pray, I knew he'd been with God. And I say we need more of those. This is not a casual approach. There's another brother in the same family, Brother Lawrence Kessler. He always sat right over there where Brother Marion is. He wasn't built the same. But he was a part of the fabric of the church of that day. And he was a a pillar. He never said much. But I watched him and he was there. And he was there service after service after service. And even the few times he'd come up here to pray, he'd just pray, Lord, with thoughts of grace, I stand here. You think... I've just watched this erosion even since COVID. It's just become acceptable to stream. What if I just decided to bail out? And hey you just do it. I want to take the day off. God would hold me accountable. And there's something that happens when we come to church and you bring that part of God with you. You bring your spirit of God with you. And you, if you don't show up, you rob the body. Now, not everybody can make it. But I'll say, if you can make it, you ought to be here. Because one day God's going to give an account. You, you didn't show up. The service wasn't what it could have been by you being absent. And we'll have to give an account. Is it important to go to church? Absolutely. It's part of the Great Commission. And the fellowship is not just the fellowship is not just to show up at the doors, slide into me, "I made it, I fulfilled it." No. But it's to get in there and have fellowship with your brother and your sister, to be an amen, to be a praying part. We have one of our deacons that shows up 45 minutes early every service to open the doors so that if somebody decides to come at 30 minutes, the door is open. God bless you, Brother Jake, Sister Mary. I believe we are not just called by one another, by the status quo, but we're called by Almighty God for the very hour that we're living in. And it's no accident of those that have gone before us, and it's no accident that there's some that are here. And I would say, we need to take another step up. I think there's some young people that would need to take a step up. You're not second class. And, and I, you know, Brother Andrew labels, and we're not just trying to have a program of young people's services. There's a lot of labor that goes into it. They're, they're, you're even given food. You're given all kinds of things. And I would say, you ought to be privileged and say thank you. And I'm not scolding you. I'm just saying what's inside of me. I say, let's go a little higher, friends. There's a higher order that is here now. I'm not going to finish this service this morning, but I'm just telling you, you think that the rapture is just going to happen one day, and I'm glad I was in the right church. No, you've actually got to be an integral part of the church. This church right here, you can look at it. We can see the structure. In the structure, there's these pillars. These pillars hold the whole roof. But in the roof, there's these cross members. They're called purlins. They need to be there. And not only the purlins, there needs to be these slats there. And whatever your part is, you need to do it with all your heart. You need to come and say, I'm a part of this body. (sighs) Brother Branham would talk about a... He was in the desert in 1962. He was with some brethren. And they were on a hunting trip and they were sitting there at night and he's looking up at all the stars. And he says, this great heavenly host, if one of them gets out of order, it upsets the whole program. And then he said, he says, everything's moving and each one has a cause and it will affect the earth. And we see it affects everything. And he said, if that great heavenly host like that has to keep its place to make everything in order. What about the disorder of the earthly host? When one gets out of order, it throws the whole thing out of order, out of cater. The whole program of God is upset when one member gets out of order. We should continually to strive to keep the order of the Spirit. So I'm going to step out and say, no matter how gifted you are, how experienced you are, or I am, if I don't have the right attitude and the right approach in administering it to keep the order of the Spirit amongst the church, I'm out of order. And I will say moving forward, I am putting a greater emphasis on how we do our business, on how we treat one another, on how we interact with one another because we need to supply, we need to add, we need to encourage one another, we need to help one another. I'm I'm not really even getting into the parts of deacons and trustees yet, but some people think a deacon is just a policeman there with a hammer to hammer you down when you're wrong. I will say, if any deacon thinks like that, you are wrong right now. That is not your duty. And I will say, there's some people who think, oh, a deacon is just an usher. No, he's not just an usher. I'll read some quotes out of church order on this. But he says, a deacon is there to welcome, to welcome, not to socialize, to welcome those that come in. And to usher them to their seat with respect and with dignity. Some of us think, well, a deacon is on one end or the other end. I'll say this, a deacon is a spiritual office interested in the well-being. And when this Church and sanctuaries is an option, in operation. It's not just who sits where and what does what, but they're watching. If there's something out of order, they, their duty is to come and to bring it to the pastor, bring it to the ministry and say, I think this couple needs prayer. I think this family needs prayer. And if there's something wrong, that's the order of a deacon. It's akin to the ministry. And Brother Brandon would say, a trustee has nothing to do with that. A trustee's business is completely different. I'm, I'm, I'm Listen, I'm, this is not the way my notes were going, but I'm just sharing it. And I would say, whoever we are, that's not just, you know, we've gotten used to. We have deacons that have been in position for a while. We've had trustees, and we just become casual. I think we need to back up a little bit. I think we need to give respect to these offices. And I think... We as servants, brethren, and I'm including myself, I think we need to give a higher servants mentality to our approach. And I think we need to give consideration to what our actions do to affect people in this church. I'm being very brutal and very honest. I'm thinking of saying the same thing about myself. I'm sorry if this is coming out the wrong way. You can vote me out next week if you want. But I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what God laid on my heart. I am not comfortable staying where we're staying. And I don't think you should be comfortable. And I think you should demand more of yourself. You should demand more of your children. You should demand more of us as a body. And and more sincerity and more humility in order for us to be really the part that we are. Now, I, I really haven't even got to my scriptures or my notes, but... Let's just if you're still in Exodus 25 verse 1 I'll back up to the front of this I'm going to ask you just to give me another 15 20 minutes and then we'll close okay stay with me till about 12:15 And the Lord spake to Moses saying speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering every man that giveth it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering Now what is an offering It's something you give willingly when you're, when, when you're born again and you're born of the Spirit of God and you see all that God has done for you, you don't start to do like the Galatians do. Okay, well, you got to work. You got to have this order. You got to do this. No, you give freely. You give it willingly. If you can't, if, if we give willingly and we make the demands on somebody else, we're not doing it with the right attitude. If we, demand, if we demand it as, as a job or a duty, we also don't have the right attitude. God loves a cheerful giver. If you give your tithes and say, oh, man, it's, i got to pay my tithes now, you may as well don't even submit it with that attitude. Don't even submit it. Because more than you giving is the attitude with which you give it. And Brother Branham will say, a man that is born again, a Christian, he will say say this about him. He said, the whole thing is bundled up in love. And he says, I want you to get this. A man that is in Christ, that is with the Holy Ghost, can bear with a man when he's wrong. He is long-suffering. He is gentle. He is patient. He's sweet. He's humble. He's faithful. Do you want me to repeat these again? A man that is born again with the Holy Ghost, can bear with a man when he's wrong. We have such a shotgun mentality. This isn't right in the church. Bang! Have you ever considered to go in prayer? Have you ever considered the approach? And listen... I am glad. I, this is not to deflect I I'm glad, but I will say this. There's a way that you do it. And sometimes it's like we're looking for a mistake and then we're there to pin somebody on it. That is the way of the world. That's not the way of a Christian. That's not the way of this church. But we forbear for one another. We We suffer long with one another. And he says, he's sweet... He's patient. He's gentle. He's long-suffering. He's humble. He's faithful. He's filled with the Spirit. Never negative, always positive. He's a different person. I caught myself when I was a father, and I remembered how my dad raised me and some things, and, and sometimes he maybe wasn't raised the right way and he didn't have all the right influences and sometimes he'd get upset at me and he'd chastise me and it came across negative negative. and I vowed I'm not going to do that but you can't do that in your natural birth and I found myself when I had children there was times that the natural man would raise up and I was doing exactly what my father did not that I'm blaming him, I'm not blaming him But I'll say, it forced me to go on my knees to become a better father. Forced me to go on my knees to become a better husband. Friends, it doesn't happen in the natural man. Why? You have to be clothed with these things. And when you see yourself lacking, and listen, we're all going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes in my office. These deacons are going to make mistakes. Our trustees are going to make mistakes. And if you're sitting there just waiting for them to make a mistake and nail them, you've got a wrong spirit on you. I want to go higher. I want to go higher. I want to have more of God in our services. I want to see Jesus. He tells them... Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering that every man that giveth willingly with his heart you shall take my offering. This is the offering you'll give that you shall take of them. If I just take this quickly, I think I've taken this before. Gold, silver, brass, these are elements that God was going to use in the formation of the temple. Gold is different than silver, it's different than brass. Brother Branham would say, Abraham was a, was a dollar, Lot was a penny. But Lot was still part of the economy, even though he wasn't in it the same way Abraham was. And then you'll take blue and purple. Now, can you imagine you're living in the wilderness in Israel, and God tells you, go and get some blue. I mean, aside from pulling something out of the sky, where are you going to get blue from? But he wanted them to get something that wasn't easy to get. He wanted him to get purple. These are raw materials that were not just accessible, but you had to search it out. And he said, You had to get these things and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair. Now, you know, all of these are elements that are going to be used in the temple. Now God, before the foundation of the earth, he said, our bodies, the materials, were laying in the earth, and at a certain time and certain season, God was going to pull them up, because he was going to build a temple himself. And that temple was going to be, come into view in Revelations Revelation 21. Let me show you the bride. Let me show you the new Jerusalem. Let me show you. And I saw a mountain, a city come down, four sides. It had all these materials in it. Why? What is God doing? He's building a tabernacle. He's building a temple, a new Jerusalem. We have not just come to a building, but we are coming as members in particular of a body each one's different. And you need to recognize that that brother brings something, and this sister brings something, and you need to respect that. It may seem peculiar. It may not fit my thinking or your thinking, but you need to respect that. I'm not angry this morning. I need to nail this down beyond just a casual, hey, happy Sunday. And then bring ram skins dyed red. Why? This is the one element that wasn't natural. It was the bleeding word. It was the ram. It was Jesus Christ that was slain among us. He died for you. He died for me. And we need to respect that he's died for your brother and your sister. Badger skins and shittim wood and oil for light and spices for atonement. And all of these things. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and the breastplate. Every stone in the ephod meant something. And it was every tribe that was resonating in it. And all of this was fulfilled for what? Verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Friends, this is just a type. Do you see yourself in the type? Do you see your brother or your sister in the type? I think we need to move and see that there's a pattern that God has been building something that he's been doing. The brothers were here from Uganda, Brother James, Brother Stephen. We had a chance to go with Brother Stephen for a couple days, and we were sharing some things, and it was such a blessing to me. God, I'm not even able to bring this today, this morning. I'll bring it into this evening, but... Jesus came on earth, and he said, I can do nothing except the Father show me. In other words, there's a greater light and pattern. I can only fit that. And if he could only fit his part, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, then we have to fit our part. And God has drawn us. You know, the work on the building of the temple, Solomon's temple, it happened in secret. It happened with somebody chipping some Lebanons and cedar. It happened with somebody taking some stones in a certain place. And all the work was done in secret, but when it came together, it all fit. And sometimes God is working on us. Secretly in a service, God putting a finger on something in my life or your life. Therefore, we don't take this collectively, but we say, Lord, stop at the end of the service and say, Lord, what did you speak to me today? And let me take that and move it forward. Brother Branham would also take a vision, and until every part of the vision was in its correct order, nothing could happen and until we all come to our place in the right order we are not going to be the power the dynamics of this church until we first come together it's got to be honed it's got to be brought into into harmony into one another now listen let me just bring this to a place i can just close and i'm going to pick it up for tonight let's go to hebrews chapter 8 for a moment. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7. We'll make this our closing scripture, and I'll dismiss you this morning. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Jacob, Jacob. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now, let's just take this order, just follow it through in the next verse. They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. So now this is not So much me pointing out and say, you need to do this, you need to do this, or you pointing out to somebody else new to this. You need to be connected up here, and when you connect with that up there, you will fit into your place more naturally than you will by looking sideways. And that's where we need to come to. By nature that ought to come to you. By nature you fit your place in the temple. You if you're a pillar, you love being a pillar. You bear that load and you're not bearing it alone. There's somebody beside you. Listen, this this work will not be accomplished by one man ministry. It will not be accomplished by a pastor alone. It will be accomplished by the body coming together, and the body must come together in order for this church to have the dynamics. Now, you could listen this whole. This really didn't go off the way I wanted it all this morning, but I told you I'm I'm speaking it from my heart, and I'm saying now you you can take all the things and say, "Oh, check, I'm good here, I'm good here, I'm good here," but I'm going to stop and ask you now: Where are you not good? Where are you lacking? This is a question that you don't look next to your neighbor. Ah, this is going to be good for him. No, this is right here to the bullseye. Now, I'm going to take this last thing, but musicians can come. Paul is speaking. Paul is speaking to the Corinthians in Corinthians chapter 11. And he's telling them the order of the communion. He's telling them about a cup and a bread now these are symbols and these symbols represent the body of Jesus Christ so we look back all the time so when we look back and we are to remember but we come up here in the communion we come up in front here we eat the bread we think of the body that was broken for us and we say oh Lord I reverence your body Then we come and drink the blood and we say, the the wine, and we say, Lord, I remember your blood that was spilt. And we do that with reverence of what was. But now I need you to look at what is. Because sometimes we come and we give more reverence to these symbols than we do the actual body that is among us. We can come with grudges, we can come with little differences. And we allow those to sit there while we pretend to be holy, taking the communion. The body is among you. Every part is a pillar in this body. Don't think that I I can hold this here and they'll have to get. Don't worry about what they got to do. If they're looking to Him, knowing the Lord, they will find their place. And if they don't, then they're not part of the temple but we need to look at ourselves and our attitude one to another. Friends, in order for us to move forward, some of us are going to have to lay some things down. We're going to have to lay some attitudes down. We're going to have to lay down some of our pride, some of our self-centeredness, and say, I'm here for one cause, and that is the body of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to serve this body I'm going to serve it in the role that I've been called to and nothing more. And I'm going to do it with all that I can. And if I can help and lend a hand here somewhere and lend a hand, I will do it. But I'm not just going to be, I'm not going to focus on the wrong thing. Because the body, the purchase of the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm saying this with my heart, friends. I'm not taking this, this might be next week's service, but In the book of Joel, there's an army that's rising up. And it says this they shall not thrust one another. The greatest challenge any army has ever had is not what is outside, but it's what the enemy tries to do inside. They will not break their ranks, they will not thrust on one another. They will march in unity. Why? We're looking to our chief captain. Now, this is very sobering this morning. I understand that. And I thank you all for listening. And you take this, if not from Brother Ed, and if Brother Ed was wrong or with a wrong motive, and God knows my heart and how I had to approach this service. And then on tonight, i sing. if I'm wrong, then God correct me. But if have something God has spoken to you this morning, don't just brush it off. Take it and say, Lord... I want to take a step higher. How many of you are with me and you'll say, I'm going to take a step higher? How many will stand and say, Brother Ed, I'm with you? God bless you. And I want to stand and say, I'm with you and I'm for you and I'm your brother and I am nothing more than that. I'm your brother. And I'm here for you. And I pray for you. And while I was away, I was praying. I prayed for Brother Luke. In fact, I brought it to the whole church. And I prayed for Brother Luke in front of the whole church. I prayed for Brother Bob. And I prayed for Sister Pramila. And I prayed for others. I'm not going to even mention your names and situations. And I'm saying, I will always do that as much as I can. But we need to help one another. Maybe just play something softly, Sister Naomi. Let's just sing maybe Grace, Grace, God's Grace. Grace,
0: grace, God's grace.